Hi, I'm Kathy Rushing, host of the podcast Committed, The Entrepreneur Marriage. If your middle name is Restless and you identify with words like innovator, dreamer, changemaker, creative, independent, or you are married to an entrepreneur, or heaven help you, you're both entrepreneurs, this podcast is for you. The entrepreneurial journey can be a little wild at times, like uncharted territory. Join me as I talk with others who are at various stages of the entrepreneur process. We'll explore the wisdom and insights they have gained while navigating the ups and downs of the entrepreneur journey. You'll discover that there are many couples who have found ways to thrive in both their business and marriage. is a tricky relationship. There is so much about being married and even working together that is fun and fulfilling, comfortable, passionate, exciting, and sometimes surprising. But let's be real. Assuming that two people with different life experiences, personalities, needs, and expectations will get along just because they love each other is a setup for trouble. My guests today are one of the most honest couples you'll ever meet, Seth and Melanie Studley, hosts of Anatomy of Marriage, had a really rough start. Ironically, as Seth was finishing up requirements to be a licensed marriage and family counselor. Yes, it takes more than head knowledge to create a healthy relationship and counselors have to do the work also. They chose to work on themselves and to keep fighting for their marriage. Gradually, they were able to rebuild trust and create a dynamic, life-giving marriage. They have shared openly through their Instagram and Facebook Live conversations about their journey and now work full-time providing, as they say, real help for real couples. You can check out how to connect with them through the links in the show notes. Listen for the ways they gradually rebuilt trust in their marriage, for Melanie's secret desire, and how they are learning to adapt to each other's personality styles. Hi, everyone. I am so happy to welcome Seth and Melanie Studley to the program. Hey, guys. Hello. How's it going today? It is going well. It is going well. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do currently, where you live. Yeah. Okay. Well, my name is Seth. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. We live outside of Seattle, Washington in a little town called Maple Valley. We've been married 16 years and we have three kids and we uh, do a couple of different podcasts. Yep. Right now. My name is Melanie Studley. I'm his wife and I do the editing audio engineer side of the show. Together we do coaching. And then, yeah, we have three podcasts, Anatomy of Marriage, Anatomy of Family and Anatomy of Sex. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all we do. That's our whole world. Yeah. 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 And, and and raise three adorable little kids. I've yes. seen them on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. They are pretty adorable. It looks yep. like we have twins. We do not have twins. We've got two redheaded boys that are 15 months apart. And then oh. our daughter, they're 12 and 13. And then our daughter is almost nine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we love kiddos. Okay. You have teenagers. I didn't realize that. Yes, yeah, it's so it's, weird. It's crazy. Middle schoolers. Like, it's a whole weird thing, but it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a new phase for sure. Well, we want to get to know you a little bit, and I have a couple of questions that help us get to know the fun side of the Studleys. If your marriage was a team sport, what would it be? Oh, wow, that's fun. That is a great question. If marriage was a team sport, it would be... I feel like it would be football, because you're just constantly getting like knocked down. And no. trying to, like, Run it, I don't know, throw it, and then we drop it. You right. know what I mean? Like, maybe, that feels right to me. Maybe it would be the uh, pitcher-catcher combination, right? Because the pitcher is always communicating with the catcher and vice versa. So they're trying, you know, they have an objective kind of thing going on. Right. And sometimes they, you know... Throw all strikes, which is great, or you know, give up home runs and kind of blow it. So maybe, maybe that's a. a that's a really analogy. fun question. Yeah. I love that. I I've loved hearing couples' answers to that. Very creative, and it gives you a little insight into you know how you b- view this thing called marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. 
What are three words that you would use to describe your partner? Mm. Exciting, hardworking, and loyal. Oh, those mm. are nice. I know. <laughs> I think um, fun would be the very first one. Dedicated, and uh, I want to. <laughs> I wanted to say perfect. Which oh. sounds really <laughs> high five. I'll on just that keep one. it. Uh, oh, that is so perfect. Uh, that's so good. Oh boy, you guys have done a lot of work in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. we have. And especially when you have a podcast, we talk about this it all the time do. and like throw it out there. Right. So it's like every show we do is kind of a, a group therapy for thousands of people right. to listen to. Right. <laughs> getting insight into your work, right? Yeah. Awesome. What book or person has most influenced the person you are today? Mm. I would say the book is Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, and the person is the author, Wayne Dyer. Oh, I wow. was transformed by Wayne Dyer's work. I found it, I don't know, it was probably five years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, are you familiar with his work at all? A little bit, not not intimately. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I ran into it. There was a book or a movie that he made called The Shift. And you can watch mm -hmm. it on YouTube. But he passed away, I think, a couple years ago. But he's just phenomenal. And uh, mm -hmm. his whole thought process is essentially being in the present moment. And yeah, I just love him. So he would be my person, my book and person. Yeah, I, I, I have a different answer to that question. And it's, it's like sometimes my kids will say, hey, dad, what's your favorite song or what's your favorite food? Or what's your favorite city or you know country? And I'm like, I don't have one single anything. I like a lot of things, so I don't have one favorite book or one favorite person. It's a whole host of mm. books or favorite people, and I, I tend to go to the the kind of hero story, mm. um, somebody who has overcome stuff mm. and actually created things and are an inspiration unto themselves and build things and inspire a, a lot of other people. I'm just thinking so about like, like a genre. Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer mm -hmm. or uh, this guy named David Goggins. Just there's, there's, there's so many of them and I just go back to them and intersperse them that's all the cheating. time. Oh, well, cheating. I don't know. That's, that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and some more uh, nonfiction sounds like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love yeah. the Hobbit and I love Lord of the Rings and stuff. And but, you yeah, know, you love classic heroes journey stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, yeah, nonfiction, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. I love stories, uh, both fiction and nonfiction, as you said, of kind of people that face challenges and mm -hmm. that hero's journey. How do you overcome it? The challenges they faced and, and um, kind of looking for inspiration, I guess. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Very good. What what is something, Melanie, that you took away from that book when you said it so transformed you? Mm -hmm. I think what it was was this. Um, it's a the book is really big. It's the change your thoughts, change your life, and it's like eighty one verses of the Tao Te Ching and like how the how he was inspired to sort of. It's like really meditative. I guess that would probably be the thing that I took away was the meditative quality of how he writes and he's it's an audiobook I'm a total audiobook nerd I need to hear stuff mm -hmm. and so it, it was almost like the first introduction that I had to really deep and slow thinking that was mm -hmm. health based like based on um living a really really healthy and fulfilling life versus just the uh, the sort of trying to get more like the rat race stuff it was the first really kind of opposing worldview of that. And so I would think the meditative side of it was what really was transformative for me. Um, mm -hmm. I just love it mm -hmm. to pieces. Awesome. Well, I will include that in the show notes and put that on my book list. I'm always <laughs> looking for good books to read. All righty. Mm -hmm. I want to shift and get a little bit of your story. We know a little bit about what you're doing now, and but we're going to get the backstory leading up to the passion that you guys have currently for really seeing healthy marriages. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit. So you said you've been married 16 years. How mm -hmm. did you guys meet? Oh, man. Okay. Well, so I'm from South Carolina originally. And after I finished undergrad, my friends and I were in a band and we wanted to, after college, do this more seriously. So we all decided to go somewhere that's really far away. So Seattle, that's about as far as we could go. Right. We were going to go to like Juneau, Alaska or something. Um, <laughs> I know, all the way but, across. Yeah. But Seattle, you know, it's a music 
a, a music city. There's a, a happening music scene. So we moved out here and got a record deal and toured and did all kinds of stuff. And I met her, of course, at a Starbucks because she worked there. And then I started working there at Starbucks part time when we weren't touring and on mm -hmm. the road. So that's where we met. Yeah. We, we worked together. And we together. worked together as friends for like a year. Mm -hmm. We, you know, I was dating somebody else and we were just friends. And it was so fun because I got to really see when you work at a coffee shop that opens at four in the morning, you get to see a plethora of how people handle stress, how they handle being fatigued. Mm -hmm. And so I got to really know him in this fun environment, but it was also like kind of stressful at times. And uh, like a community environment as well. And then um, like the day I broke up with my boyfriend, <laughs> we basically went out that day. Yeah. And it was funny is that we went to this local park. It's Lake Wilderness is where we went. And there's a log in the, like sticking out of the lake. And we sat on this log. And on our very first date, we said, you know, kind of interested in you and you're interested in me. And, but we don't really want to like mess around. So if we're going to date, let's get married. And if we're not going to get married, let's not date. Right. And that's literally how we started. And then eight months later, we were married. Yeah. <laughs> so, so pretty we quick went story. like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then so fast forward, we've been married 16 years, we have three kids. And while I was in graduate school, we were also going to a, a church out here in Seattle at the time. And uh, I was just feeling there was all kinds of stress. I literally had three jobs, an internship mm -hmm. and full time graduate school. Well, and, th and this is when we were very first married. So we right. had I had a two week old baby and a 15 month old baby. Mm -hmm. So we Oy. had two kids like four days apart, basically. Right. And so oh. <laughs> during this time, it was really stressful because he was doing internships. He was doing, I think at one point, I mean, he was going to school in Seattle, which is kind of far away from where we live. And so it was just all these stressors of young parent life. And then he confessed totally out of the blue that he had been lying and looking at pornography, but he confessed like as I was holding our two week old baby and our one year old was sleeping in the crib mm -hmm. and we were just in our living room and I was postpartum and I just lost my mind yeah. and like flew off the handle. I threw the remote at him like every it, it really revealed mm -hmm. how much I did not know about myself mm -hmm. and managing my emotions. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we know that that's a really big deal in marriages for for men, of course, mm -hmm. and for women, too. Right. But it was just. I had lied to her and uh, wasn't very truthful because I was like, oh, I don't want to hurt your feelings mm -hmm. or cause more stress. But of course, that's just compounding and compounding. Right. And it got so bad at one point that, uh, you know, we were literally like trying to save our marriage. Uh, Melanie, I came home and um, we were just arguing because that's all we did, all we basically. Did. Yeah. And she gave me a black eye. Right. And being, you know, a, a new marriage and family therapist, basically a new dad. We're like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? something has to change mm -hmm. in me, something has to change in you. And that really brought to a head uh, where we had no other choice but to look at this front and center mm -hmm. and address it and say, okay, where's our marriage going? What do we want? What are, what we, are we responsible mm -hmm. for? And it wasn't until that point where we like just kind of both switched and said, oh, I'm responsible for my happiness, my attitude, my whatever, right? She's not going to do anything that is going to fill whatever kind of void mm -hmm. may be in me. And then vice versa, because so many young couples, they get married and say, oh, everything will be fine when I get married or engaged mm -hmm. or when we have a kid. But that is absolutely not the answer. And I've been right. doing therapy for about 13 years now, and I see that with couples all the time. So it wasn't until that point when we like... Oh, clicked kind of and it wasn't just overnight of course it that started right. our transition into just consuming all right. kinds of content books sermons podcasts going to counseling mm -hmm. doing masterminds all, doing I mean, the like inner 24 work, 7 really, doing yeah. the inner work um and it wasn't until we were uh, right i guess mm -hmm. individually to some degree and then we both got right then our marriage started right. to change and and in that too um we i totally lost my train of thought i was going to say something really great i was gonna say something amazing and it totally flew oh, out well. the window well oops and there we go never mind and there we are right. oh no i know what i was gonna say in that time we were looking for resources uh, but we couldn't find anything that looked like us 
right? So there was so many books that were very much like t clean and tidy, like, oh, honor and obey and love your spouse and tell them how much you care about them. And I was like, look, I hate this guy. I hate him, <laughs> but I don't want to divorce him. And so that was what really started us on the yeah. journey of making our show mm -hmm. is we wanted to have the resources or to make the resources we wish we had had back then to help couples who are like us, because there's a lot of couples like us. So yeah, that's our journey. <laughs> yeah. And when you say like us, Describe what that is that you weren't finding. Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't a lot of really kind of gritty, like authentic was not super popular at the time. Everything mm -hmm. was very uh, like buttoned up, very, it's either very clinical or very churchy. And mm -hmm. those are fine things. But what I needed was the like, okay, what do you say to your husband when the first thing that comes to mind is I hate you every time they walk in the room? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the mm -hmm. thing you say then? Mm -hmm. um, and so it was that sort of raw kind of really calling a spade a spade mm -hmm. stuff that we were looking for. And you and, can even aesthetically right. look at us like we have tattoos and our Seattle grungy people. So yeah, just something <laughs> that kind of, who, who we could identify with in, in a way, not, mm -hmm. not just what the, I think market was saturated with maybe right, right. at the time. So yeah, one of the, I think you said it, it's um, we, we provide real help for real couples and we always create the content that we wish we had when we were going through right. the really hard stuff. Like when your wife punches you in the face or like yeah. when you're, you know, up, at, up until 2 a.m. taking care of kids and fighting every single mm -hmm. night for like a year and a half. Yeah. What do you do? It's miserable. Yeah. Yes. And I, I just am so grateful that you guys have had the courage to come out with this authentic story. I, I've followed you on Instagram for a while. I think sometime last year about this time and using some hashtags and y'all came up and I was like, oh, wow, cool. Great. You know? And because to your point, I think a lot of books are written from the point place where you're at a really good place. And yeah. it's easy to say, yes, sit down and come up with three things that you want to do on your date. But like you said, mm -hmm. Melanie, right. you're like, I don't even I don't even want to spend time with you right now. But right. something kept you fighting for your marriage. What was that? Mm, that's a good question. And uh, it was. I think we talked about this on, on a show earlier. It was the inner knowing, you know, I, I don't know. I, I knew that we could make it through. Right. And there was a point where, you know, Melanie would just send me texts, like if not daily, every other day or several times a week, I want a divorce. I was really awful. Do, I want a divorce. I'm divorcing you. And I would just simply write back. No, we're not getting divorced. And not in a domineering right. kind of controlling way. It's like, you know, I know in my heart that that is the answer. Things are the worst they've ever been right now, but it's not, we're not going there kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so another thing just kind of clicked in me to where it's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're in this position. Well, the reality, okay, I had to accept we were there. I don't know what to do, but we're both Christian and grew up that way. All I know to do is pray. So I set prayer alarms. Um, and I think we did that for like a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One, uh, when we woke up in the morning, nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 p.m., 6 p.m., and then at bedtime. Right. They were on my phone. We literally did that no matter, six times a day for No matter a year. what, I called her. I said, hey, I'm going to pray. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wouldn't even know what to pray. Sometimes she wouldn't even say anything and yeah. just then hang up on me. But I was like, that is all I know to do. And I mm -hmm. can't go wrong with that. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, you know, maybe even if, if some listeners are non-religious or whatever, it's like, okay, saving money is not a bad idea. You are not going to go wrong. You're not going to be sorry that you saved money right. like an emergency fund or whatnot. I was like, okay, that's all I got. I'm going to lean into that with all I got. Right. And after that, it, it began to change things, right? It's like, um, what is that saying? Uh, prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes you. Right. Um, and it's like, yeah, OK, that changed who we were. Right. Yeah. And for me, there was a faith element where I was like, I really and it wasn't something that I was kind of getting from the outside. It was like this inner thing. Like, I don't really want to divorce Seth as much as I really hated his guts. But then the other part of that was I knew even when I was super, super mad at him, I'm like, he's an awesome dad and mm. he's a great friend. And as much as I really like never want to look at him with my eyes ever again, <laughs> I do think that if we can work this out, it will be better. And so it was like the tiniest, teeniest ounce of hope that we could get through it that kept me going. And a lot of it did have to do with our kids, but I didn't want them to be miserable. Like I didn't want to 
save the marriage for the kids kind of vibe. Right. Um, we, we weren't in that yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, trouble. Hmm. But something kept you moving forward. And like you said, when you're praying for someone, it's really hard to be mad at them. Right. Mm-hmm. And for those that may not be spiritual or prayerful people, even just expressing gratitude or what you appreciate mm-hmm. about that person is another way to to stay focused, I think, on right. the good things in that person mm-hmm. right? that can get you through to that other side. But man, it, it sounds like it was a long... It was a long journey, and it was. What What were some of the first? Oh, I think of springtime and the the little buds that right. pop mm. up out of the ground. It's like, oh, there's something that's growing here. What right. What were some of the first indicators that you had that I think we're going to make it? Mm-hmm. Mm. I think for me, um, one of the first real signs that I was growing was that I, I used to journal a lot during this time and before. I just journaled all the time, and I had. At some point, this is only a few, maybe even a few weeks or months into that, the hardest time, I looked back in my journal at the days, at what I had written on the days that we were going through everything. And I was looking at it and I read it. And as I was reading it, I could feel, I, I just felt it in my body, this like dread come back in. It was like I had reinvited mm. this unwanted guest back into my spirit through rereading what had gone on. And so the, in that moment, I'm like, you know what? I don't need to hold on to that. This is not where I'm, you know, this is not my destination. So why am I even holding on? I ripped those pages out and literally burned them um, in the bonfire. So I'm like, I don't need that. And I will never grow if I have that almost like cancer just stuck in my story. And so that to me felt really freeing, um, really like, no, I, I am letting go of that. And I'm choosing on purpose to not walk that journey anymore. And even I just, it felt so visceral, like my heart just sunk when mm-hmm. I read that. And so that was kind of one of the bigger moments for me of like, oh, there can be like, it was like a little tiny bud opening in the springtime and you go, oh, it's not going to be winter forever, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. what about you? Yeah. I, I think just more days of waking up and not feeling dread because the night before we had maybe had a good conversation or, mm-hmm. okay, we hugged or, mm-hmm. you know, a kiss or something like that wasn't just awkward. It was like, real you know so just like little glimpses of hope like little spring buds as you said would come up and just give me hope and give me hope Mm -hmm. and actually be able to see oh things things are changing okay i love that analogy of like buds i love spring it's like my one of my Mm -hmm. absolute favorite seasons and what's funny is that i'm realizing now in spring i look for buds actively I look for them when we take walk. Yeah, yeah. we talked about it. Like even the blackberries have little tiny buds on them. And so it is almost that sort of like reminds me of that, of when you're trying to make transformation in your life, look for the buds. It's not going to be big changes. You're not going to see an apple tomorrow, but there'll be a tiny bud, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And it'll get bigger every day Mm -hmm. if it has the right conditions, right? Right. If it doesn't get any rain or Mm -hmm. not enough sun, it could die or you could yank it out. Right. you know, really kill it. Right, right. That's really good. And I I think in that process too, there had to be a a trust, a factor of both Mm -hmm. of you regaining trust. And I heard someone say one time that trust is consistent behavior in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so again, that idea of, okay, here's a little bit. I heard you say, Seth, you know, there's a little bit of anxiety or anticipation about how's today going to go. And so if today goes well, then we can add that and we can add that. And Mm -hmm. gradually it becomes at some point to the place where it's hard to remember, gosh, what was that place where I couldn't trust you or where I didn't trust myself Mm -hmm. with my emotions or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cumulative and uh, basically just adding up and adding up. It's like walking over or driving over a bridge. There's a lot of bridges in downtown Seattle. And, mm-hmm. oh, I've gone over this bridge. Didn't crack. I didn't fall in the water. Okay, let me try it again and try it again. And, oh, okay, this is solid now, right? Mm-hmm. But also... Trust takes a really long time to build right. and can be broken yes. in an instant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with us. And But through consistent actions over and over and over, 
It's just like, and it takes a long time. It's like you don't build an overpass bridge in two days either. Mm -hmm. It usually takes at least a year. Right. You know, right. Um, so keeping that in mind, if couples are working on rebuilding trust or uh, continuing to maintain that trust, mm -hmm. it, it takes work. Right. And I think there's sort of two ideas with trust that pop into my head. Cause one was, he was doing that daily prayer thing, right? He has set prayer alarms. He did it on his own. I didn't ask him. Mm -hmm. um, he did it when I was mean to him. He did it if I was nice to him, which was basically never, he did it no matter what, no matter where we were, if he was in a meeting, he would step out and call me. If I was mm -hmm. grocery shopping, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. So he built trust on his own without being asked all of that stuff. And that was deeply important to me as a person mm -hmm. whose trust had been broken. Um, and then Sort of a second thing that comes to mind when I think about trust and rebuilding it is that uh, like when you build a bridge, you don't just build the bridge. The bridge is being held up by supports, mm -hmm. like a ton of extra stuff is there during the building process that we often don't realize is there. We just think, oh, well, they're building a bridge, like they're putting the bridge sticks together, but they're really not. There's there's like, the bridge there's sticks. scaffolding, there's <laughs> things holding it up all the time, the whole way through. And when mm -hmm. we are rebuilding trust in a wounded or injured relationship, we often need lots of extra support. So whether that's prayer, a community, your family, a good friend who supports and loves your marriage and looks mm -hmm. for the best in your spouse, even though they've done something bad or whatever, mm -hmm. that support is always there when you're trying to rebuild a bridge. And so I think that's a really important factor that I, I just don't hear people talking about that much, that mm -hmm. who we surround ourselves with in the rebuilding process is hugely important. Mm -hmm. So true. I could not agree more. And, you know, I, I was a marriage and family therapist for many years, and now I do coaching and some writing. But I saw a lot of couples in that time, and it was always heartbreaking when you would see couples that maybe hit that point, and they're like, that's it. I'm out of here. Right. I'm done. But they don't do that inner work. Mm -hmm. As you said, that was part of the important thing that both of you did was to do that inner work. I, I remember I had a couple, it was a really long time ago. So I think we're way beyond the bounds of confidentiality <laughs> and no names here, but this couple came and he had some issues with alcohol and he wasn't really willing to face it. And they ended up divorcing. And then I saw him alone. And I remember so clearly saying to him, you need to not date anyone for like at least a year. Mm -hmm. You need to work on yourself. And, you know, because a marriage is always two people, whether it's mm -hmm. good or whether it's falling apart, both mm -hmm. people contribute. And I said, you need to figure out what your part was in it. Well, I might as well have been talking to a brick wall <laughs> mm -hmm. because about, I, I don't remember the time frame now. It was less than a year. Yeah. He's remarried. Oh man. Sitting sitting on my couch with a new wife. Oh man. I could have hit a button on the tape recorder with her concerns. Right. And I was just like, I, I don't know. You know. Right. So it's it's so powerful and great that you guys share the the hard parts of your story because that's part of what led me to launch this mm -hmm. podcast is we we talk about entrepreneurs a lot and hold them up as gurus, kind of, you know, Steve Jobs, wonderful mm -hmm. guy, but man, his relationships right. <laughs> suffered. Yeah. Right. And I I'm just a real believer that we can change this narrative mm -hmm. that you have to give up everything to have a successful business. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell us a little bit about the business that you guys now have evolved? Like, how did this business begin? And what does it right. look like along the way? Well, again, it, de it just developed out of our, it started with creating the show. Mm -hmm. And the show is essentially just a resource for couples. And we have such a heart for wanting to help people. Like, how can we talk about everything that Seth learned in graduate school in a way that everybody can understand that everybody can apply? So our whole mission has been helpful tools, helpful resources, realistic concepts, realistic and practical tips and all that stuff. And then slowly that morphed into people started sending us questions on our show. So we started answering their questions. And then slowly that turned into, do you do therapy? Like, can you see whatever? So then that turned into coaching, which mm -hmm. we love. Coaching is like our zone of genius for sure. And mm -hmm. we coach together. So we, we see clients together. And I mean, 
I'll just show, I'll share like my big giganto picture dream. I don't know if you know who Joyce Meyer is. She's a preacher uh -huh. lady. Some people hate her. I <laughs> adore, she's a preacher lady, um, but I adore her. And I want to be the Joyce Meyer of marriage where mm -hmm. like you and I just do have a bajillion resources. It's like most of them are free. And then we do some things where people come and do events with us mm -hmm. or go out and do retreats and stuff. Um, Cause this is something we're just so deeply passionate about. Yeah. I think about the entrepreneurial side. Mm -hmm. We were talking about this a couple of months ago, and sometimes folks are entrepreneurs because, like, oh, that's the thing to do, yeah. or that's the label mm -hmm. you want, and the I own my own business. But well, okay, what is that? Well, yeah. I don't know. I never work on it. Just basically nothing. But I have an LLC, so that counts. <laughs> um, but I was just we we were talking about this, and there's there's been an entrepreneurial spirit in me for about as long as I can remember. I had my first job when I was 14, pumping gas at a gas station, running the store. And then like little like things. illegal now. Well, yeah, it's, it's not legal now, <laughs> but back then it was, you know, in the South and just whatever. Right. And me and my friends started a window washing business. We started a landscaping business. I had my own um, furniture building business that I would get old barn furniture and make and deliver to people. And then being in a band, when we're taking it seriously, it's a very much startup business. That mm -hmm. was our main source of income, right? And then so I've always had that that um I guess that that drive to wait a minute, this really interests me. I don't see it anywhere. Let me speak to mm -hmm. it and see what I can create, right? right? And I've been doing that as program developer and clinical supervisor in my former job. So it's always that and then this is just more of like okay, we here we go. And mm -hmm. I, I I part of me I think I don't know, I'm not tooting my own horn or anything, but but just like contract language and starting LLCs and doing this. And it's just, that comes right. easy to me where um, it, I don't think it does to you, but then as a business partner, mm -hmm. because basically we're literally business yeah. partners and life partners, right. uh, you, right. you, you do, and you speak to, to my non skill sets. Right. Well, I do like right? content creation side. So that's right. all right. of my mm -hmm. brain space goes to that. Um, yeah. So it, it's been really, really fun because we are very, hard workers. And it's almost like this feels like the water we swim in and mm -hmm. like just a, a fish doesn't know, Oh, well, wait a minute. Of course I can breathe underwater. I've never <laughs> even thought about it before. This is just kind of not, it's, it's not kind of, it is what we do. Right. Uh, and it's just what we do. Sure. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's build, let's you know, visualize mm -hmm. and let's go make it happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did either of you have entrepreneur mentors like did you have a parent or a close family friend that had their own business or you said hmm, I um, could do that my dad is not quite he's not an entrepreneur necessarily but he, he started a bunch of things so my dad is native we're Native American on my side I don't look Native American at all but we are my grandma was raised on a reservation my dad is super dark and they he was basically really poor when he was a kid mm -hmm. and now he's the head of a giant corporate uh, he's a CEO of a company has thousands of employees and he does really great work. Mm -hmm. He, he works in helping fields. So he has, they run soup kitchens. They mm -hmm. house the most yeah. homeless people in Seattle. So mm -hmm. my father was really inspirational in the mm -hmm. sense of like, you can do anything. Like mm -hmm. if you do good work, money will come. Mm -hmm. So he was really motivational mm -hmm. and very inspiring and still is mm -hmm. um, with me just following the dream of whatever work I wanted to pursue. And I think he was very happy that it ended up being like helping work, if that makes sense. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a great question. My dad also was in business for himself, but it was always just one small business. He never had employees or anything. He was just mm -hmm. a, the sole proprietor mm -hmm. of, of what he did. And I, I I don't know. It's just I I see something and if I have the right amount of jazz about it, I'm, it gets in my brain and goes, all right, we, we are off to the races and sometimes that's not so helpful to a marriage but add helps add helps, <laughs> and hurt, but uh, helps. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah with add though it's hard sometimes to to get that focus or when you do focus it becomes so narrow that right. you lose track of some of the others yep. yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have lots yeah. of uh, like operating procedures to weed out the ADD vibes because sometimes it's like, okay, honey, we can't chase everything that sparkles, but, right. mm -hmm. it, but it works in our favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you said something earlier, Seth, about all these different interests. And are you guys familiar with Marie Forleo? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, she talks a lot about multi, how does she term it? Multi-interest? Multidisciplinary. Um, it's like multi-interest, like people Mm -hmm. that have lots of different interests because that's kind of her story. She chased this and then that. She really thought there was something wrong with her. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs also, if they don't have someone that can validate that approach, Mm -hmm. they kind of think something's wrong with them too. That was my husband's story. He was like, till he was 40, something, he thought there's something wrong with me. I just can't seem to hold a job and Mm -hmm. work eight to five, like other people. I'm always mm. thinking of something better, new ideas. Right. And we didn't have that word entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's weird. It's a, it's a balance. I, as, as I'm hearing you talking, I, I started a private practice and did that for three years and had a whole clientele and an office and all that stuff while I was doing other clinical agency work 40 hours. So I was just like working all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I have felt kind of, oh man, what's wrong with me, Seth? Why can't you just focus on one thing? What's the deal? That's why I had a hard time answering, you know, what's your favorite book or most inspirational person? I'm like, I don't have one. You just point at the library of books we own. All of these. I can throw a dart and say, yep, that's why I love that one. And you know, what it me kind of thing. Yeah, I totally relate. I do. Um, What in this journey has been a high and a low of working together. Mm. I think the highs, what I love and things that stand out to me are when we get to go to events and have events or co-host events and things like that. That is so exciting to get to travel and see people in real life. Like we do a lot of stuff virtually. So we do our podcast. We're just in our, we'll have in to this now. Stu- yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we're just in our studio. We're just in our house, whatever. But when we get to actually see people and hug them and cry with them and and root them on there is nothing better than that and i get to turn and see this guy (laughs) talking to someone else over there and hugging that person who's crying i mean there's there's just no better feeling in my opinion yeah i i would exactly sum it up as the highs like when we're on stage speaking together and it's not Mm -hmm. like it's all about us it's just we're in the zone of genius and you know, you can like a flow state. Uh, the, yeah. Like different athletes, they talk about a flow state where they're just, they're not even thinking they're just reacting. And it's, mm-hmm. it's perfect, you know, like a race car driver or a basketball player or a cellist on stage or anything like that. That's the way that I feel when we're on stage. Mm-hmm. Like I can be talking about something and then just look at her and she, you know, gives whatever. Right. And then we just go back and forth. Now, some of the lows, huh? Lots of lows. <laughs> yeah, well, well, there are, and that's just the, the yeah. ups and downs right. of well, any any entrepreneur, any any startup, first of all, but then any entrepreneur individually, and then if you have a husband and wife team, couplepreneur, couple, yeah, couple, is that a word? Yes, a couplepreneur. Yes, sir. Then yeah. we have to manage the business and all that comes along with that, yeah. and then oh, wait a minute, how are we doing? Yeah. Right? Are we connecting? Date nights, you know, yeah. intimacy, all this stuff. And then, of course, kids. So I think one of the things where I have maybe something I think it's a great idea, like a direction we should go for an Instagram live or a podcast or whatever. She's like, hold the phone. Hold on. No, that's no good. Or that's not our focus or that's not our mission, which I always think it is. But uh, we have to have conversations around that and just those real practical things. So it's like going to business mode. One thing I don't like either. And this is funny. Um, is like in the morning when the first thing she hits me with is like, "Hey, we need to talk about our client couple and what what's the right, plan yeah. for them." Today? Not like, having like a starting no, and stopping no, no. time. Yeah, this we're not bringing that in right now. Right. Or like you know, there's a quitting time at night, and really really being intentional around that. Right. That's a, a mm. constant kind of right. thing. But I, we we do really good at it. Actually, yeah, yeah. And I think for me, it's like until I realized that our lows, quote unquote lows, were actually points of like we could learn from each one of them. Before I understood that, there was a lot more lows. I would be mad at him for having an idea for Instagram Live. Like I'd be like, oh, why does he think that's a good idea? What an idiot. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know why I was so moody about it. But then I realized, I'm like, wait, I can learn. Why does he want to do that? What is that? Like, what is that touch in him that is inspiring? Maybe I can learn Mm -hmm. from this. And so in a way, our lows, when we have the right mindset, can become learning moments. Um, and moments to understand ourselves and our spouse more mm-hmm. deeply. 
which is great. But before then, I was just kind of mad a lot. Yeah, oftentimes I get <laughs> I like Gary Vaynerchuk a lot, you know, daily experience. Mm -hmm. And he's an entrepreneur and several other entrepreneur podcasts that I get. And some of the things because she hasn't maybe not into Gary V so much, but he's just like espousing. You got to do this. You know, right. attention is everything. Where are people going? You know, and I'm like, hey, it might be smart if we get into this platform. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have conversations we can't add another thing. We're doing Instagram right. live and Facebook and all that and YouTube live and all the platforms or TikTok or, you know, clubhouse or whatever's going on. Um, and it gets too much. So sometimes I feel like oh, we're leaving an opportunity right. on the table, mm -hmm. but then she helps to, to kind of slow down. Mm -hmm. And then if, of course, if I think it's a, a good idea still, we'll have a conversation about it and right. lean into it. Hmm. And it's a little challenging. I would think when you work together as a couple, doing couples work about communication and surely you have days when you still periodically go, Oh, I'm really mad at you or mm -hmm. I don't like you very much today. How do you handle those times when you've got to put on the happy face? And right. We've worked really hard on that mm -hmm. cause that was something we've never wanted to be fake. So there mm -hmm. have been times when this is, uh, I don't know, maybe a year ago or something like that, where we had had like arguments and we said, we're not doing the podcast today. Like that is not fair to our listeners. That's mm -hmm. not right. We shouldn't do that. And so we've worked really hard on mending things earlier, but even now I don't think we get well, mad at each other the way we used even, to. Even on the opposite of that, because um, we've done a couple of times of 100 days of yeah, AOM. Yeah, like 100 shows it, right in a row. Like. 100 days straight, like mm -hmm. no fail. I don't care if somebody's sick or right. we're mad. We're doing it because that's what, you know, kind of the, the the plan was. Right. And so we would hash stuff out. Live. Live with our listeners. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, I remember when we, when was it? Probably maybe in 2019, we were, I was just, I was kind of pissed at something, honestly, but we were yeah. on live and we were mm -hmm. working it out and there were viewers saying, hey, Seth, you got this. Yeah. Stay, stay, our stay viewers here. Our were viewers encouraging were us, us that in real time. Yeah, which was really wow. amazing. Cool. And it was it was neat because we got to model that, mm -hmm. right? And of course, like I love Brene Brown. She's a big influence mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You know, leading with vulnerability and vulnerability gives other people unspoken, well, not unspoken, but clear like permission, permission yeah. to bring their own stuff. And like, if we can mm -hmm. pave the way, then I'm really comfortable with that. And I'm like, okay, fine. Let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that goes back to that point of if we can't fix it, we can, we can work on it on the show because mm -hmm. th there is nothing more important to relationships than having a model of healthy conflict resolution. That's real. Mm -hmm. So it's one mm -hmm. thing to see John Gottman at a conference pretending to resolve an argument. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole other thing to see Seth and I actually do it in real time. Um, mm -hmm. And not that John Gottman is obviously he's great and his work is no, amazing. He'd just be doing like a role but he would be doing like a pretend thing. And we're and we right. have real emotions and we're actually mad. So yeah. um, so that's, you know, it's part of our whole thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, it takes a lot of self awareness, I guess. Mm -hmm. And work. yeah, <laughs> and courage, courage yeah. mm -hmm. to be that vulnerable on a live show right. and how do you know where the boundary is? Is there a mm -hmm. point where it's too much? How do you With know where being vulnerable? You mean? Mm -hmm. We, um, not, we haven't really talked about it, but we both have kind of a sense of where we are comfortable mm -hmm. and then having to take into consideration, we have children, uh, we have family who watch right. the show. So we've never really talked about it, but we both mm -hmm. kind of have a sense of like what things are okay to share and not share. And of course we don't share other people's story ever. Like right. if something mm -hmm. happened in my family, I don't say, Oh yeah, well my mom did this and my dad did that. Like that's not ever appropriate. Yeah, We're not of course like airing family laundry or right. whatever like that. But I, I do, we both feel strongly that it is, I feel like not, not a leader. I mean, we're leaders in, in certain things, of course, but kind of right on the forefront of, Hey, it is okay to share mm -hmm. at this level because people like Brene Brown have done it and you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're not dead or like hiding in a hole somewhere <laughs> or whatever. So if they can do it, then I know that I can do it. Mm -hmm. What kind of work can I do on myself to be able to get up to that level? And like, we're running a business too. So I, I think if, you know, if we've gone on a show before and we have some, you know, things that we're going through, we always are able to show up 
professionally, mm-hmm. right? Okay, mm-hmm. there's still a job to do. Right. And I, I think that we, I don't think, I, I believe that we do a, a really good job right. in that way. And we're still able to be authentic mm-hmm. and well, real. And I, I think too, our sharing is missional. There's a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. We're not sharing for the sake of like, uh, you know, like this is clickbait or whatever. We're sharing yeah. because we want people to understand how you walk through this conflict or how mm-hmm. you create resolution here or there or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's always like a, a kind of a, a thing we can ask ourselves. Why are we sharing this? Are we sharing it for a reason? Are we sharing it because we want to be gossipy? Mm-hmm. No. So then let's not share it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's helpful. A, a helpful way to, for us to frame it. So Yeah. There was a live that you guys did. I saw it on Instagram. I know you always do it on Facebook also, right? right it's yeah. like, oh, my brain can't handle that. But <laughs> Seth, you were very vulnerable sharing about a big disappointment. Mm-hmm. You guys had a meeting mm-hmm. that didn't go the way you wanted, and you can share that story. But it was a very tender moment, Melanie, where you just stopped and mm. turned to him and mm. rubbed his back. You connected with him. And I think that's an example mm-hmm. of just how you you modeled, look, mm-hmm. I'm not going to gloss over it. You're really hurting right now. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And I want to be there for you right now. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a beautiful picture. Yeah. But that was a big disappointment. Can you guys talk about that story a little bit? Yeah. About- yeah. Um, thank you. First of all, for, for reminding me of, of that like moment, you know, I, I mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm clearly remembering like, oh, what I shared and like the instant where I kind of got, you know, choked right. up and I think started crying or whatever, because I it was like, I actually real time processed that. Right. And, and a part mm-hmm. of me didn't know that it affected me that much, mm-hmm. you know? And so yeah. for her to, I mean, thank you for that reminder. Cause like, yeah. oh, that's sweet. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so we were um, uh, talking to Dave Ramsey folks. Right. And, uh, they had reached out to us. They had reached out to us and invited us to Nashville and we'd been back and forth, uh, out there a couple of times and we were, um, kind of on board. Of course, nothing was, we, nothing was a hundred percent of course, but we were getting fairly close. Like, okay, would you guys move out here? Are you willing to live here oh, in Nashville? Wow. Would we you want to be houses and all yeah, kinds do, of stuff? Like be the, ma- the faces of a marriage, right. Um, Ra- Ramsey like personalities, Ramsey right. Stuff, is what yeah. they call them. And so that was just all I could think about for mm-hmm. e- for a good, I think we flew Months. out there in October of 20, I, I don't remember what it is, but it was like, you know, half a year, eight months of just thinking, us going back and forth, trying to, to see if this would be a good fit and uh, ended up not being a good fit, obviously. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, but I, I just thought it, I was like praying about it and like seeing myself do this and visualizing a lot of stuff. So I spent a lot, probably too much of emotional energy, uh, just on that. Right. Right. It wasn't like an OCD kind of obsessive thing, but Mm -hmm. it was, if we're going to move across country with our three kids and all this stuff, this is clearly a very big deal and will impact not only us, Mm -hmm. but our kids and all of our families and relationships. Right. So there's a lot of emotional energy around that. Mm -hmm. And long story short, it ended up Okay, you know, you guys just I don't I don't think we're going to be a good fit and this was like a week before we were slated to go out there again. Slated to go out there again and speak, speak. to the entire 1000 person company mm-hmm. at one of their events, so right? We had like packed things, arranged babysit like everything. 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 Plane tickets, car, everything, right? So, hey guys, I don't think this is going to work out and I remember being on the phone call with them and just, you know, hanging up. And of course, caveat, major caveat. If something isn't meant to be, that doesn't mean that, you know, there's a huge falling out or people got mad or somebody did something. So Mm -hmm. nothing like that. We, we literally well after the fact, because I was like, Oh, what's the, what's the deal. But after the fact, I was like, Oh, you know what? I don't think we, it would have been a good fit. And they Mm -hmm. had just seen that sooner than us, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. So of course we were disappointed. And so I was in my car and I was just like almost speechless. I put my head on the steering wheel and I think I cried. No, maybe not. I was just kind of in shock. Right. Right. And then I called Melanie and, you know, it's just like, you know, felt like I got punched in the stomach, but um, processing that was 
a lot, but mm -hmm. I, I said the whole story. What was your view on it? <laughs> uh, well, I will sort of go backwards a little bit and it was so exciting. That was kind of one of the high parts of, I would say doing this work. Mm -hmm. We got to go out to Nashville. We got to go to a Ramsey influencer event. Like there is nothing more cool than that. We mm -hmm. did uh, financial peace university when we very first got married. So Dave Ramsey is like someone we esteem mm -hmm. so much. And, and we who were has... hanging out with Dave Ramsey like on Literally a balcony, him, smoking a cigar. Smoking cigars like, and just he's standing right there. Like it was out. the like, weirdest thing. This and, is so trippy. Right, but it was weird, but also really amazing. And so there was a part of that that was like, how is this? How are we here? Like I always remember saying, have they heard our show? <laughs> like did they just, <laughs> why did they pick us? Why are we here? Um, and so part of that experience was really, really amazing. And I would not change it for the world, no matter the outcome. Mm -hmm. And then when it, and from my perspective, I was fine with whatever the outcome was. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to leave my family. We all live mm. right in the same area. Our kids love their school. So I was not like, yes, it's the best thing ever. We, it'll be the life-changing whatever of the world. But Seth was like, kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Seth was very much like, this is the thing we have to do. And I bet it will work. I know it will work. And I feel it will work. So from a wife's perspective, it was really uh, weird to manage. Because I'm like, I was the whole time trying to tell him like, it might not work. Mm -hmm. It's cool if it doesn't work. Let's just like slow our minds down. But that's just kind of not how he is. So when it didn't end up working, that was why you saw that moment on the Instagram live where it was like, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to say I told you so. That would be the worst thing ever in mm -hmm. a million years to do. And I, and I wasn't trying, I wasn't like putting on a show for our listeners, obviously. It was a genuine moment of like, we haven't processed this mm -hmm. and we're going to do it right now. And we're going to share and we're going to be authentic because disappointments happen in life, mm -hmm. whether that's personal disappointments, work disappointments, health disappointments, financial disappointments, doesn't matter. People go through these things. And if they don't have a model, or see how couples work through it, they don't know how. Um, and a lot of times people say, well, see, I told you, I knew it was gonna work, why mm. were you so blah, you know? So having that opportunity to share that moment with our audience was really important for me. And I had to make the clip, I had to make the clip of us crying oh, and no. I was like, oh, this is... <laughs> but, uh, but that was kind of cathartic. Like it was mm -hmm. like, I got to watch it over and over again, but yeah, yeah but it was a big, it was a big thing for us because yeah. his family lives in the South. So it yeah. was like tied into, Lots of other things. Yeah. So. yeah. When I say emotional energy, I mean a lot. Everything right? was going to that. Yeah. But it worked out how it was supposed to. Right. So we're great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious what came up out of all of the excitement and anticipation more so, it sounds like for you, Seth, uh, that you were able to maybe look at, okay, well, we can still get pieces of this. Mm -hmm. Was there something that came out of that that was positive going forward? I um I think for me uh just being completely immersed in behind the scenes stuff of like all the the work that Ramsey does and they're just the team work ethic and and like e how everything was professional top notch mm -hmm. that was a new experience for me to to it, it set a bar for me to some degree like and for Melanie too yeah. because oh, yeah. we're like okay this is the standard that we want mm -hmm. to to do stuff mm -hmm. at like okay super mm -hmm. hospitable, super like real, let's add value where we can mm -hmm. uh, give value and also receive uh, whatever value uh, because, you know, everything is reciprocal. Um, mm -hmm. But that was one of the main pieces right. I, I think that I took from it. I, I think what well, one of the best things <clears throat> that I took personally was just they believed in us. They actually mm. called us. Mm. And the, to have people who are doing that amazing of work in the world, helping mm. millions of people saying, I actually believe in what you're doing. I see you and I, and I validate what you're doing. Mm. That was basically all I needed. Yeah. Like to be like, oh, it's right. <laughs> like I'm doing good. Yes, I'll do more. So that, that to me was a huge takeaway that even not, you know, nothing can take that element away from what I took away from it, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, so great. Thanks for sharing that. What are some ways that you guys balance each other in terms of personality? Are you more alike or are you different in your personalities? Mm. I think we have some really similar qualities. We love experiencing things. So we love like, let's just try it. Like that's kind of an energy mm -hmm. we both really have. Um, but I think there's even big cultural differences. Like he's from the South. He's kind of like a a southern farming like you hunt and you do all the things and you 
catfish or whatever. Um, and that's <laughs> not me. So there's lots of like cultural things that are different. Um, but we do, we have struck a good balance of, um, he helps draw out my positive side. I have a tendency to be negative. My family of origins, pretty negative and sarcastic. He helps balance my negative side and bring positivity. And I help kind of slow. I've, I've often used the example of he's like a bullet train and our family's like trying to hang on the end sometimes. <laughs> so I'll, I say, okay, you guys, yeah, I can hit the brakes a little bit, brother. And you can still go fast, but like, just slow down. We can't hold on. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we've found a good way of communicating when we see the imbalance in one another without it being shaming or hurtful, mm -hmm. if, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I I think very similar things. One mm -hmm. thing that came up, uh, we, the, the Enneagram is something that has been mm -hmm. helpful for me, uh, not only personally, but in, in therapy and, you know, for coaching and stuff like that. And we talk about it a fair amount on, on the show. So I'm a nine and she's a seven and they, uh, I think both of those numbers have certain characteristics that support one another, but then also can get kind of goofy right. at, at, at times. Well, I'm too. a super strong. Are you familiar with Enneagram? Do you do it? Very, very. Yeah, so I'm yep. like a super strong eight wing. So seven, eight seven wing, with right. eight wing. Mm -hmm. um, and so when he doesn't tell me his opinion, I'll be glad to tell him mine and mm -hmm. like bulldoze him with all my thoughts. So the Enneagram though has been really helpful in, mm -hmm. in helping us understand how to navigate that. And so I do less bulldozing because mm -hmm. man, I had a tendency to do that a lot. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, um, the the things that we've learned about ourselves through the Enneagram work, uh, the more I learn about myself and that helps me to uh, articulate to you mm -hmm. what I need, what I don't need. Hey, let me give you insight mm -hmm. on this or you or, or vice versa. Right. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like learning about his number was the most helpful thing mm -hmm. for me. Very true. I love the Enneagram for how deep it can go mm -hmm. into doing your own work. I know a lot mm -hmm. of people try to figure out, oh, you must be a seven, you're real fun loving or whatever, right. but they say you can't type someone else, but right. it is very helpful when you know someone else's mm -hmm. type and how to adjust communication right. with that person mm -hmm. and, and then how to do the deep work, like you said, of mm -hmm. really being at home with yourself and working on that shadow side that right, none right. of us really wants to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Goodness, so many things I want to ask about. Let's talk for a minute about um, a little bit about the reality, especially in this last year, of juggling kids, work. Your work is all at home right now. How do you guys do that and set boundaries? You you mentioned a little bit about boundaries earlier, but can we dig into that a little bit? Oh yeah. Yeah, sure. So primarily for the majority of our marriage, like we've been married 16 years, I have worked outside of the home. So had a commute, gone to different job yeah. sites or whatever. And Melanie has primarily been at home taking care of the kids and stuff. And so with, with COVID, of course, I'm not gone as much in, in uh, 2020. And of course now in 2021, plus I recently just quit my full-time job to do this full-time. So oh, I'm here all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Took wow. That that's huge. It yeah, is. yeah. It's, it's really awesome. So that was only last week, last was, Monday. Yeah. It's not, it hasn't been two yeah, weeks. It hasn't so. been two weeks. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's see. I don't know. You want to, you want to dive into that? Sure. Yeah. A lot of, so it's weird because COVID started and our kids immediately got taken out of school like last March or mm -hmm. whatever. So it's been, that was hard because our, our kids are, we have, our kids are just like us, right? So woo, all the time, everybody's talking, everybody's <laughs> dancing. Everyone wants to make a fun, special meal. Like it never is quiet or calm in our house, yeah. which is a gift, but yeah. sometimes it does not feel like an amazing gift. Um, and so we, I've had to, this last year has been a lot of me uh, lesson or loosening my, what would the word be? I've had to ease up on lots of stuff. Like the house can be messier. That's mm. fine. No one's going to die. Mm -hmm. Uh, dinner can be something easy. That's fine. No one's going to die. Like a lot of it has been my own personal work in how I walk through this season. But mm. I will say one of the best things is having friends and family nearby where I will go like Seth would come home from work and I would go take a walk with my neighbor. She has kids the same age. We, she and I go, we take a walk for an hour and a half. We're only talking about whatever we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a lot of like outside 
things that we've had to put into place, like taking walks or having like shopping days with just my mom and my sister so that I don't lose my mind. Mm -hmm. Cause it's a lot to be with young kids constantly. Um, oh yes. Again, it's a blessing, but it is a, kind of a lot, but yeah, then from a, especially oh, during COVID. Right. right. And yeah. uh, I think that we, we got into a groove. I don't know. It was, it's almost like, of course we espouse intentionality and right. stuff, but I'm going to go back on basically what we say. <laughs> and it's, it's as if we kind of stumbled into this in some sort of innate knowing, like I know it's the right thing to do when Melanie has been home with the kids all day mm -hmm. or whatever. And she just says, Hey, I'm going on a walk with my best friend. Be back right. in an hour and a half. Yeah, Like he doesn't ever get mad. I'm at not going to be it's all weird fight. about it or no. anything like that. We're super, you know, like all no, that no. stuff and vice versa. Like she knows that I, when hunting season comes around, I enjoy hunting or snowboarding, uh, outdoor stuff. Right. And I can say, Hey, I would like to, how about this? One of the best things that we, one of the coolest interventions that we do and uh, with each other and then tell our clients is asking what our spouse is expecting. Oh, so yeah, usually yeah. What almost every day, yeah. you know, we wake up on a Saturday or whatever, say, hey, what are your expectations for the day? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. every single time we're just not on the same page right. exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I need to be very clear of what her expectations are because right. not a hundred percent they're going to be different from mine. Right. Well, I thought I would go hang out with the guys for 12 hours. And right. she's like, well, uh, I don't <laughs> well, think so. Even like you could say something like, Oh, well, Saturday's family day. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. What is your expectation mm -hmm. of family day? What's my expectation of that? They are not going to be the same thing. So that's helped ease a lot of, a lot of stress in our marriage. Just, mm -hmm. just asking what are your expectations for the next three hours mm -hmm. or the next day or whatever. Um, uh, there was something else I was going to say too that I think has been helpful, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Well, just those boundaries. I, I, I think I said it earlier, Melanie, like her dad can just work mm -hmm. nonstop 20 hours a day. Me, when I'm ready to go to bed, I say, all right, everybody, right. let's go to bed. I mean, right. I'm talking to the kids. She can go to bed whenever yeah. she wants. Right. <laughs> but if she's asking and working and stuff. And I would say, listen, I'm not, Right. not doing this right we can hit it tomorrow right. at you know 7 a.m or whatever so having those boundaries mm -hmm. around it and she is really good because i have a million ideas in fact i think we had to reschedule a podcast early this morning because she was like seth we're doing three podcasts today and then we have three clients later right. with all these other meetings no time what are you doing right so she reins it back in because mm -hmm. i can go mm -hmm. All right, I'll do ten podcasts today. I don't care. I can do it, right? But then our I'm just kids like, don't need to eat, right? Right, <laughs> or so, see their parents, right? So, yeah. so we talk about those boundaries right. with one another, and and um, another the thing I was going to say that I forgot mm -hmm. was that we also have a shared sort of larger objective and goal as a family and a couple. Like we want to have happy, healthy kids. We want to have a fun relationship with them when they become adults. So that mm -hmm. actually hones in and removes. So it focuses in on what we know we should do and it removes the stuff that we know we shouldn't do. So me needing to take a walk with my friend, if I'm kind of stressed out, he goes, that's the best thing for our overall mission. No big deal. Mm -hmm. If he needs to go to bed at nine and it, and I love to stay up late, that's okay. No big deal. Like we'll, we'll yeah. work it out because our biggest mission, our bigger goal drives us towards these sort of the positive outcomes that we want. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things I wish that more people talked about was having this sort of larger objective or goal in your marriage, mm -hmm. because it helps eliminate things that don't meet that objective and add in things that will get you there. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. That is so good. I wish we had more time, but I know. I know you guys have other podcasts and clients yes. and one last question, because I know you love this work. If you could share some, something that would maybe catch people upstream, you know, that story mm -hmm. about people that rescue people that are, falling over the waterfall. And it was like, well, what if we could stop them upstream? Mm -hmm. Do you have a thought or two about what you would like to share with other couples before they go over the rapids right. or the waterfall? Right. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind, what's been on my mind a lot lately, um, is this idea of how does your negative energy, your anger, your bitterness, your frustration, your sarcasm serve you? How does it serve you? How does it serve you in parenting? How does it serve you in your relationship? It only gets you more of what you bring. Like it, you've, you bring this terrible negative energy, you 
and, and again, this is almost me speaking to my younger self. Um, I came in to our marriage just negative and sarcastic and really blaming Seth for everything. Um, and I wish that someone had asked me like, how's that working for you? How does it make your marriage better? How does it stop a fight from happening? How does it stop your kid from hating you? Like it doesn't newsflash. Um, and so I wish that, that I had had that, um, someone say that to me to catch me upstream and be like, this isn't serving you. And it never, ever will yelling at someone will never serve you. It will never make it better. They're never going to like you more, the more you nag and yell and mm-hmm. scream and cry or whatever. Um, it's so like that, that, to me, that Southern saying that I, I say, I used to say often, you catch you get more, more flies with honey. Right. Yep. <laughs> and I used to get so Southern mad. Phrase. I would get so mad at him for saying that. Yeah. You get more if you want, if you're putting out right what you want right 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 mm-hmm. flies apparently uh, yeah no, i guess it's like we don't flies. flies nobody right. does uh, I, I would, I would flies. Say, right i would say a similar thing i i would speak to the guys in this way of hey man um think of it this way your wife doesn't really owe you anything just because you got married just because you're so great you're the main breadwinner or whatever uh, this is a relationship mm-hmm. and you need to go get your stuff right and then lead and step up and lead that like lead with vulnerability uh, and do the work yourself before you can have a good marriage mm-hmm. and actually be in good relationship with your wife. Right. That, can I say one last weird thing? Spin on my head the whole time. So mm-hmm. earlier we were talking and this image came to my mind. I don't know why, but People think that marriage is a thing, like it's a thing. When I get married, something magical will happen. No, it won't. A marriage is not a thing. A marriage is the relationship between two people, Mm -hmm. right? So a marriage is not like a sock or pants or a hat. It's not a thing. And so the image that came to my mind was like, whatever you put in that, so think of it like a soup. Mm -hmm. Marriage is like a soup. If you put crappy ingredients that are bitter in it and rotten, you will have rotten, bitter soup. But if you put ingredients that are fresh and wonderful and life-giving and healthy and organic, you're going to have a great soup, right? That's the thing I think I wish people understood. There is A marriage is not a thing. It's what you create together. Mm. And however you show up, whatever ingredients you bring, is what you're going to get back. Like if you're a total B all the time, you're going to have the worst soup ever, right? <laughs> so bring better <laughs> ingredients and get a better soup. <laughs> I love that. We're going to eat better soup. Well, right. listen, you guys have been wonderful guests and um, I'll put all of the connections, anatomy of marriage, anatomy of family, anatomy of sex. You guys are brave. You go all out talking about everything that everybody's wondering about. Great. So thanks so much. It has been great meeting you and um Hope to see you again. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening and coming along on this journey with us. If you enjoyed this episode, I'll bet you know someone else that might also find it helpful. Sharing an episode is super easy. You can also give a rating or leave a useful comment. And all of these things help the show rankings, which then helps others find the show. Thank you in advance for being an action taker. You can find a full transcript at kathyrushing.com. And if you have a burning question or a comment you'd like to leave, you can now leave me a voicemail and I'll include it in a future episode. Just click the link in the show notes and voila, your voice will show up in my inbox. You're building a life together. Make it a great one. See you next time.